Welcome to the Ultimate Bucket List Podcast, where a college senior explores how to dream big and achieve goals by interviewing people who live by the simple motto, do more. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Ultimate Buffalo's podcast. My name is Kamal, and I'm your host. Today, we are joined by Justin Avila. He is a civil engineering student at the University of Buffalo, a former study abroad traveler, and a great inventor. Justin, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. Yeah, so um, I'm currently just studying uh, civil engineering at the University of Buffalo in the Honors College. And yeah, I just love to do as much stuff as I can while in college. Like I'm currently the treasurer of the club Theme Park Engineering Club. I was the previous treasurer of the Sci-Fi and Fantasy Club. I was also part of the Army ROTC. Um, And yeah, uh, and as you mentioned earlier, study abroad and now I'm kind of working on like my own like YouTube channel um, during this time and performing research. That's awesome, man. You got a lot going on. <laughs> Thank and you. I'm excited to talk to you today because we're going to be talking about Justin's experiences of becoming a study abroad traveler and how he ended up visiting Cardiff, which is a beautiful city in Wales. Now, early on in my engineering degree, I wanted to study abroad, but unfortunately, it didn't end up working out for me. However, Justin made it work. As an engineer, it can often be difficult to be involved with study abroad. But before we hear about that story, Justin, why did you choose to study abroad? Was it something that you always wanted to do? Yeah, so study abroad was just something that I kind of always wanted to try and do. Because again, there's a difference between studying abroad at like a school and actually traveling to a different country. Because when you're studying abroad in a different school, you're kind of like the exchange student from the class. So there's a whole different aspect. You're like the, you can go into like the different uh, societies or in our case, clubs um, at the school. And you can also meet people that are around your age. But when you're actually traveling, and even like working abroad, you're not necessarily working with people around like your whole age range, because at this point, everyone's kind of an adult and have like their own like um, things going on in life, either raising a family or just various other aspects as well. And so they say that college is like one of the best years of your life. And so I want to see, try to make it better by studying abroad. Awesome. Now, I know when I st- tried to study abroad, it was really difficult for me to figure out um, if the credits I was going to earn would transfer back and a lot of different other issues. Did you have those same kind of difficulties? Yeah. So one of the things that like, so there's like a couple of different like problems. The first one was the, well, I guess the big, the overarching problem is that not many engineering students study abroad. And the reason for this is because in the U.S., when you're studying engineering, there's two types of engineering. You have something called like engineering technologies, and then you have ABET accredited engineering. ABET accredited engineering, I don't know if it's only in the U.S., but it is a very uniquely U.S. type of thing where all schools have the same um, engineering teachings and stuff. And so that's how you're able to get your degree. When you're in other places such as like Cardiff, um, they actually don't have that whole ABET accrediting system. So when you're taking a different course there, it might not actually be the same as the one that you're taking in the U.S. Therefore, you can't. Therefore, the courses don't equate, and you need to like change whatever courses you're taking. And the reason why this makes a big difference is because when in engineering, when you're in like your sophomore and junior year, because you can't do this during your senior year because you're going to be graduating. Um, 
the and doing your capstone project, the whole difficulty about it is that like a lot of your courses, they're very heavily influenced by engineering. And so, uh, and like your whole like different, like specific engineering courses. So you can't actually go to the Cardiff and like, just take like a normal, like your normal, like classes there. You actually have to plan very specifically, like how you're going to take it. Like when I went to Cardiff, um, I did this by taking a bunch of my pathway courses because I didn't take that many during my freshman year. So when I went to Cardiff, I used that as an opportunity to take a bunch of my pathway courses. And then I planned over the summer to take an online course to make up for the missed courses that I took while studying abroad. Um, however, there was, out of all the courses that I was able to take during sophomore year, I think there's about like four or three different engineering courses that I should, should have taken. Um, I was only able to take one of them, which was environmental engineering. And so everything else was pathways. And so, again, in order to, like, make up for this, I had just had to take a summer course online. But that's kind of the whole problem. So this is a – unlike a lot of other different majors, like uh, business and stuff like that, where it's a lot easier to sort of study abroad because there isn't this sort of ABET accreditation system. Or there might be, but it's not as strict as um, the ABET accreditation system in the U.S. engineering. Um, the whole problem with it is just, again, that we're – like. There's just so many students that have trouble with like getting the all the courses together. And that's why there's not many people actually studying abroad in Cardiff. So when I actually went to Cardiff, I was actually the third student out of all of UB engineering to actually study abroad there. And so I actually, in order to like make sure that this worked out, I was actually actually talking to the per- the second person. So me and him, we were just planning the way so that way future students can study abroad a car so that way they know what courses to take and which ones they, I guess, in a sense, shouldn't take. Um, and so, yeah, there's just a lot of planning uh, in advance as well. I see. So what made you want to choose to visit Cardiff? So one of the big reasons reasons why I wanted to pick Cardiff was I'm taking engineering classes and I wanted to go to a country that predominantly spoke English because not that like I have any problem learning a new language, but it's now I have to learn a brand new language. And I also have to do that while taking engineering classes. Like I don't even know how to speak some of like the like things that like some of like the, um, you know, engineering vocabulary and like just any type of other language. Like that's just already a challenge in itself. And now I have to actually learn that stuff. So even though engineering is purely math-based and math has no sort of language with it, it is very difficult to sort of take this, um, take these courses abroad when they're trying to teach you like the different applications for them and all this other stuff. And then the other reason why I picked Cardiff compared to most other other schools was because Cardiff was one of the few schools that actually offered during the spring semester. So you can like if you want to study abroad but want to but you don't want to plan as much or you just actually can't study abroad during the spring or the winter time. I the best the next best thing would actually be to study abroad during the summer or the um, winter vacation. Um, because you're still able to study abroad, but this time you have like extra like time to go abroad. But car- but I didn't want to just take a summer or winter study abroad session. I want to actually do it during the normal school year to see what's like to actually be a student from Cardiff University. Um, and so 
when I when you narrow down the just the English speaking schools and the ones that are only offered in the uh, spring semester, and then not even that, it's also the ones that have equivalent courses. I mean, there's a bunch of other courses that offer all this, but they're just not specific to engineering. So the only one that was able to really like work out for me was in Cardiff Wales, and it just so happened to be like a really fun experience. Right. So when you got to Cardiff, what was it like? So, um, one of the most interesting, one of the best things about Cardiff is it's sort of difference between England and Cardiff and like, like the difference between England and Wales. And so I'm just going to point this out in case anyone didn't know about this. Um, the UK is actually is similar to the US where it's just a bunch of these, um, U- united, like, uh, in a sense countries all formed into like one type of government. And so the UK consists of Scotland, uh, Northern Ireland, Wales, and England. And so a lot of people think of Wales as like maybe like a county in England, but they're actually two different countries. And you can even see this when you're studying abroad there. So when you fly in, you fly into, I flew, I flow, uh, duh, I, I flew into, um, London and I got to see all the different things around, around there. And so I guess another big aspect about it, like the one of the first things I noticed there was that the personality difference between um, people in England, Wales and New York. So when I flew into England, um, if like we were originally on a train and I had to put my luggage in like one of these cubby holes and it was taking me quite a while and we didn't notice, but there was about five people behind us on the train waiting to get by. Now, if we were doing this in New York, so people would like try to like push around or say, Oh, excuse me. And then try to go through, but everyone on the train was just very silent and just very reserved. And so it was just kind of interesting, the whole like difference in the culture between um, just you know, just, just this one experience, like this doesn't describe everyone in England and this doesn't describe everyone in like New York, but it's just like, you know, in a general sort of sense, like this is kind of like how it was in England. It's just a bit more reserved and a bit more um, uh, uh, quiet in a sense, whereas in New York, it's a lot more loud and there's a lot more um, forceful actions uh, taking place. And then when you go to Wales, it's actually more of a blend between England and New York. So when you first go in there, one of the big things that like you'll notice is that like on every corner, there's either a candy shop or there's a pub. And it makes it a lot. Of, and it's really a lot of fun there because, I mean, I'm a big fan I actually, well, I never really like drank that much before I went to uh, Cardiff, but I also am a big fan of sweets as well. And I can tell you the chocolates that they have there are some of the best. Like if you're going to the UK and like this is just the UK in general and you're not getting any of the chocolates there, you're doing something wrong. You got to try the chocolates there because they are uniquely, they're very unique and they're very like uh, tasty. Um but anyways, the uh, but like even the shops are just kind of described that like people that the people there are a bit more outgoing and willing to party, but they're still like um, they're not as I guess um, forceful or like just um, open about their uh, language as like they are here in New York, and so. Um, you'll notice that like I, when I went to these different clubs, like what we would do is that we would go on um, pub crawls, which is a thing that I never even heard of, which is where you go, you just go bar hopping from like one pub to the next. And during these times, like you'll have like a lot of people that'll just sort of like be sort of quiet. But when you actually get, get like a couple of like drinks, it, they start to open up a lot more. Um, 
So it, it's just like the personality in general is uh, quite interesting, even before you actually get into the university. Now, when you actually get now in the university itself, it's very different. So um, a big aspect about like when studying abroad outside of the U.S. is that the drinking age is no longer 21. It's um, 18 actually in the U.K., but a lot of people start drinking around the age of 16 and some people even drink at the age of 14. Um, so, and because of this, the Cardiff actually at the, at the night, they turn into a giant club in a sense where there's like disco lights and like all those other, like, you know, they serve like alcohol drinks and it's, it's just a wild place. Like you can't even tell that it's the student union anymore. Um, and even so, like, there's just some cultural things that are, that are common for us that aren't common for other people, like uh, roommates. Roommates, that's something completely bizarre to them. Like, no one there, like, has ever thought that, like, that would actually be something possible. Even the clubs that they have there are very, like, unique as well. Like, there's actually a club that, that's a pole dancing club, which I actually took part of. Um, they even have, I mean, well, they have jazz club there, which I also joined. Um, but they also are a big fan of board games there as well. Now, I've been a big board game fan. Uh, since I was in high school. Um, I even tried to start my own club back in high school as well. But uh, in Cardiff, it's actually a, a lot more, um, there's a lot more emphasis on board games there because, and like the club is a lot bigger there. Um, there's also like a lot more nerd pride, I guess, in a sense, in Cardiff as well. Like they even have their own event called Nerd Varsity. Um, and I guess with that being said, there's also a, a, a less emphasis on engineering. And I mean, this is also in part due to UB because UB is a very big engineering school. And so because of that, you have a, I mean, you have a lot of engineering club with, I mean, the biggest club of them all is ASE, which is a civil engineering club. So when you, so it's kind of like a little bit refreshing to see just sort of a environment that isn't solely focused around um, engineering or not solely focused, but just isn't like all very focused around engineering. Um, and even still, there's just a bunch of different foods there. There's just uh, different languages. You talk to people who are just from all over like the world in a sense, because you got to remember from driving from the one end uh, from the bottom, from like the uh, bottom of England all the way to the top of Scotland is probably about like an eight hour drive and getting from one end of, of New York to the other is also about like an eight or a six hour drive. So you can go, so you could travel across the entire country and we can only travel across the entire state. And because of this, I've talked to several people who have like lived in France, traveled to Germany and now are studying in like the UK. Um, like I met some friends who like lived in Germany um, for some of their lives. Um, and even still, you meet other people across the world because when you're studying abroad, you're not only with, you're not just kind of left to your own devices. You also meet other people that are also studying abroad. Like you have a, so when you first go there, you actually first meet other study abroad students, like for like a welcome weekend-esque type of thing. I think they have something similar here for UB as well, but we wouldn't know about that because we're not studying abroad. But in the UK, that's what they kind of have. it. And because of that, I was able to actually meet people from like Hong Kong. Um, I met someone from South Africa, from Norway, from um, what's called Italy, Germany, just all over like the world. And it was just very um, interesting just seeing all these different like cultures all like come to one and we all just started talking to each other. I mean, I remember that there was this one girl who was actually from Connecticut and she told everyone that she was actually from New York because she didn't think that people from other from like other places would know the difference between Connecticut and New York. And so it's just kind of interesting because to us, it's like, oh, there's a clear difference between Connecticut and New York. But, you know, when you're thinking about it from like just out of like 
out of this country. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, U.S. is just so big that they're really like, I mean, there's 50 states here. You know, it really is kind of tough to determine the difference between out of like uh, Connecticut and New York. And so I guess in a sense, like my goal of like having this sort of uh, study abroad experience was really rewarding in the end because of all the this different like experience I got to learn. It's not even like as though like I'm learning like field stuff that I'd be learning in my classroom, like just, you know, outside. It's more as in, like this is just something that I haven't really thought of that I'm now experiencing. Like I never really thought of like, you know. Kind of, like there's a difference between when you're talking to someone on Reddit that's from like New Zealand or something like that and actually, you know, meeting them and hanging out with them in person. Um, and you think that, you know, sort of people when you're like uh, talk to them from a different country, but like you don't really actually get to meet them until you actually meet them from a different cult, uh, country. And so it's really, really study abroad is a very worthwhile experience. Um, the only problem with it was like towards the end of it, because as my study abroad experience did get cut in half because of the whole COVID pandemic. And a bit of an interesting story with that was that I was actually on the um, last flight out. Well, it really started when um, something that was actually kind of interesting with it was that during the pandemic, New York City was actually uh, a week ahead of Cardiff. And what I mean by this is that while everyone was kind of scrambling for hand sanitizer, like paper towels, all this other stuff, back in Cardiff, everything was normal. Like my mom was telling me that, yeah, this pandemic is really bad. And I'm like, oh, there's nothing even here. Like, I don't even think that there's a single case of COVID in Cardiff that was reported yet. And so when everyone was here, it was just kind of fine. Like nothing was crazy. And then all of a sudden, a week later, then the, the craze actually started to hit. So it was as though, as my mom would put it, uh, New York City was basically a uh, futuristic, was like the, uh, what's it called, the fortune teller's ball to what will happen in Cardiff. Um, and because of that, I was able to actually prepare ahead of time, even though at the time I didn't believe that this pandemic would be such a big thing. Um, it's kind of unfortunate how wrong I was, but, you know, here we are now. And then the other thing was that actually leaving Cardiff because I didn't want to leave and then have this pandemic be a fluke. But I actually ended up leaving um, because when I came back from the uh, when, when I came back one night, um, one of like my floor mates, because remember, we don't have any type of roommates. Uh, he came back from a party where someone was there had COVID. And so because of that, the night the night of. Uh, I called my mom and we started planning like a flight out. I start, I packed all my stuff. And then the next morning I would take a bus and actually head out. And it was actually pretty funny because I actually didn't know where the bus was or like the whole like bus spot was until I asked like a random person and he showed me the way. And I was almost about to miss the bus. So it's just kind of a interesting what if scenario. Um And so from there, I remember going to the airport and just seeing the effects of the pandemic. Um, so like I go there and the, and the airport now, just keep in mind, this is like the JFK airport, but of Cardiff. And it was like almost empty in a sense. Like you'd see hallways where there was just no one there. I even took like a couple of pictures of, of it because it was just so bizarre. It seemed like it didn't even seem, it seemed surreal. It seemed like as though I was in a Twilight Zone episode where I just entered this abandoned, um, what's it called? Airport where everything was still operational. Um, and yeah, and I still remember at that time, no one, I think, really knew about masks in a sense because there's so controversy that like masks would help or masks won't help from like just various different doctors. And so in the end, like uh, I didn't have a mask. I remember just being on a flight just without a mask. And even still, the flight only had like 
four people in the entire plane, or at least in like my section of the plane and just getting up and just talking to random people. Like I talked to this one guy, he had like a daughter in Italy, which was like hit really hard. This other guy was leaving to go to Boston to be with his family before the whole thing shut down. And it was just like a really like interesting um, experience. And when I got off and this is just another sort of like um, uh, what's it called? Uh, hindsight uh, problem when I got off the police I remember no one really had any masks so in order to make in order to check all of our temperatures what the what the uh, uh, TSA had us do they had us all packed like all like I think like 20 of 20 or 28 of us because there's other people from other flights all packed into one like police officer room um, no ventilation really there no masks there um, and we were, and so we got there and they had us file in one by one, no social distancing. And we would each get scanned, um, for temperature. And I, so I, I just kind of found that funny is that like back in the day when we didn't really have the information of like how COVID spreads and like how it really like affects, like affected everyone and stuff. Um, we would all like just get jam packed in together because we thought that that was the safest option. So I see. Yeah. It was very uh, eventful trip. <laughs> um, so, how does this experience in Cardiff impact your future? Like, how is it important to you? Well, in a very, I guess, in like a um, sort of like a surface level ex- uh, experience, it still affects me to this day. Like, I still talk talk to the my friends from Cardiff. I even talk to this one friend like once a month and just tell her about like all like the different things happening in the US and she tells me about all the different things happening in Cardiff and stuff. Um, and even still, I still hang out with like my um, crits, which is the uh, Cardiff board game club. I still hang out in the discord. I still hang out with the Cardiff sci-fi and fantasy club there. Um, and I still talk to like, you know, just other people, but in a deeper level, it gave me like a, an insight in that like, yeah, you know, you think of like when you're from the U S and I mean, you don't really, a lot of times you might not notice this, but when you're from the U S uh, you think of like the world and like this sort of perspective as in like, okay, you know, it's really the U S and then the rest of the world. And um, so, but when you actually study abroad, you realize that like, you know, it's not just kind of like, um, like whenever, whenever anyone says that like, Oh, I'm going to solve like a, world problem or something like that you really don't get an idea for how massive that is until you actually study abroad and you realize that yeah there's so many different countries so many different ideologies and just so many different like points of view that just makes it very difficult to really come up with anything and i mean being from new york where we're a very um progressive state it's just um it's like minuscule in comparison to what other countries are doing like i mean in cardiff they had like i mean they're like very open about like their whole like pride and stuff they had like two different like pride clubs but um even still they never like really felt like that like forceful about it or anything like that and it was just very um it was a very like interesting just comforting experience as well and it's just like the whole culture i guess to sum it all up um the whole culture about just is a real eye-opener that like i can't even put into words like what i learned from it because it's just such a um, it's just such like a revolutionary experience that I can't actually like comprehend it in a sense, even to this day, because there's just so many things that like I don't think about that actually, you know, come into perspective, like, you know, the whole drinking age and stuff, the whole idea that like, you know, 
um, meeting people who are just like, yeah, I just travel like to a different country, just like, you know, for vacation. I mean, for us, when we say, oh, I'm going to travel to a different state, that's like not even seen viewed as much of, a, of an accomplishment. But when someone says that they're going to travel to a different country, that's viewed as like a big accomplishment. And it's really in a sense like, you know, and it's when you're from like uh, Europe or stuff like that, traveling to another state is basically like the same drive as like traveling across state um, in New York as well. So it's really like traveling to another state is like almost a whole, you know, same experience. So, yeah, I, I got a bit sidetracked and I hope that answered the uh, question. Yeah, it definitely does. I can tell that you really loved your trip and that um, I'm happy that you're able to experience something awesome like that. Traveling to experience different cultures and walks of life is such an important thing to do. Um, and I'm glad that you were able to do that. Um, I really appreciate you sharing your story and being here with me today. Thank you for being on the Ultimate Bucket List podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Thank you. There's one last thing I just want to say for anyone that is planning on actually studying abroad. The biggest tip of advice is that you got to plan ahead of time. Um, the first thing, like, I mean, money is a bit is a big as a bit of a concern. But keep in mind that I actually saved money when studying abroad because Griner was so expensive that like I was able to actually save money through that. But the other thing is that you need to plan like at least a semester ahead of time, maybe even like a year ahead of time, because this is especially if you're an engineering student, like this isn't something where you can just go and just do instantly you actually need to plan ahead and the best time to actually do this i'd say is probably around sophomore semester because junior semester that's when your classes are going to be very specific so it's going to be very tough to actually do this and maybe even freshman spring although you might not want to do it during your freshman time because that's when you're going to actually like meet like your friends for the rest of your college time that's really good advice yeah i hope uh people listen to you and try it out for themselves <laughs> But um, yeah. yeah, thank you for sharing your experiences and thank you for uh, giving those tips. Thank you for having me on. Yeah.